All right, here we go, gentlemen and ladies. Drewman here, Steve Strasinski with the Four Outdoorsman Radio Show every Sunday night on mybobcountry.com. I love that music. Love that music. Yeah, and who is that again? That's uh, that's Joe Giuliano. I'm not even sure if Joe Giuliano is, has passed or not because he wasn't doing really well all the last time I talked to him about two years ago. But uh, uh, that's sad if it did happen, but the good news is that he won't keep asking me for money <laughs> to pay for the song. And that song will you know, live for the on forever on the, uh, the Four that'll, Outdoors that'll, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, how you doing, Brandon Struman? I'm, I'm in Arizona with my pretty wife, Diana. Uh, I'm jealous, yeah. although the weather here is super nice, too. You did miss a nice, quick little snowstorm, but uh, you didn't really escape much going down to Arizona for right now. It's been unseasonably warm here. You know, the, the first four days it was raining, and it was I never got above 55, and I thought, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, that's why 30, day, 30 days down here is a good thing, you know, because you just never know. And it was, it was probably but, uh, nicer up here then at that point. It was. Yeah, because I know people were golfing up there, and but yeah. now the last three days they've been really, really nice. It's about seventy-six right now, and oh, I just got done great. taking a long, long bike ride, and uh, uh, my wife and I played a couple rounds of golf already. So it's it's been it's been it's been great. Pretty blessed, man. Pretty blessed. Nice. Well, I missed you on the uh, the ice fishing trip. We had a lot of fun, but I, I just thought of it when you brought up golfing because one of the guys on the bus had mentioned that a buddy of his was golfing that morning in St. Francis. Golfing in yeah. Minnesota in February, you know, that's pretty Isn't, awesome. Yeah. You know, I feel bad. I feel bad. I heard uh, Matt talk. I think it was Matt or somebody uh, from Matt Gronke and the Crow River Rebellion. Where did that name come from? I don't know, but to tell. I, I think he was smoking a joint when he made up that name. <laughs> Was Matt that true, Gronke Matt? and the Crow. I had not confirmed or denied any of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, I, I love I love the stuff that you're playing out there, Matt. This is uh, listening to, to the Homegrown Show. I, w- I listen to this stuff even if I wasn't in on part of Bob FM because Brandon does such a good job and brings in such great talent from the you know the state of Minnesota, the metropolitan area. So, um, so uh, thanks for joining us and being part of uh, the the Homegrown Show today, Matthew. I certainly appreciate it. Um, you know, I've I've been thinking for the last couple of years after listening to you guys and thinking, you know, I wish I was better at hunting or fishing so I could have so a story they. to tell. Let me tell you, they <laughs> wish they were better at it too. And and yeah, I like I'll tell you what, Matt. You know, it's um I'm I'm not good at either. I, I play I, I I talk a good game and and uh, I play play the good role and I just uh, I'm the biggest phony on outdoor radio to be honest with you, but I I have but I have a lot of fun doing it. Hey, I got first. I got to do a shout out to my pretty wife Diana. Uh, by the way, I'm not having any cocktails right now. I'm sitting by myself in this 2,000 square foot one level home that we Airbnb and bead. Uh, and my pretty wife Diana snuck across the street. As soon as we pulled up here, there's a lady across the street named uh, Janina, and she was uh, in her front yard. And she, I went over to talk to her, of course, introduced myself, and uh, I said. Uh, for some, I didn't even bring this up, but for some reason, uh, yeah, it was Janina. She uh, she mentioned that she was Polish, and I said, "Oh, my name is Tushinsky. and uh, oh, we became best friends right off the bat. You know, talking about pierogies and galumpkis. So uh, Janina invited Diana over to her house right now to have a couple glasses of wine and listen to the show for a little bit. So, a hi to both Janina and uh, my pretty wife Diana, and thanks for taking care of her so I can do my job. Nice. Now, <laughs> yeah, now. This has been a, it's been a great experience. I got to share this because uh, one of the songs that that was on, I don't don't know if it was Matt's or not, but it was about um, being in the middle of nowhere. Was that a Matt? Was that Matt's song? Yeah. No, that was somebody else. No, it was, was Matt. That Matt. Yeah, that was me, Stu. And uh, I was thinking, I honestly, God, we've we, we've done a lot here so far, and and we've we've gone to uh, Cave Creek and took a spent a half a day there, and another town called uh, uh, Prescott. Which and if you say it's Prescott, well, they know you're not from <laughs> there. They call it Prescott, you know. And uh, oh, we we put some other places as well. But on the way, honestly, God, this is two days ago. On the way to Prescott, my wife had the the uh, she's got the old Atlas map book, not Google. Oh no, no the actual you know, book. Yeah, nice. Oh yeah, and it covers the whole you know the whole uh, dashboard and all that. And she's having she loves maps. And I'll tell you what, she's like her old man. 
if you ever fold the map and it's wrong, she'll go crazy. <laughs> she can she can fold those things blindfold. Anyway, so we're going to take a ride. It's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours from here to Prescott. And we were going to go up to Jerome, Arizona. Uh, beautiful places up in the mountains, kind of deal, you know. And uh, so Diana sees a shortcut through a town called Goodwin. We're in a town called Mayer. We're going to go through. Oh, see, hey, let's go to see Goodwin. And that's kind of a shortcut. And that'll take us right to Prescott. Prescott, but Prescott. So we start doing it. We go about two miles. All of a sudden, we're on gravel road. Mm. And I'm thinking, I don't see it. We went about eight or nine miles on gravel road. And then all of a sudden, we saw a sign that said, uh, and we're up and down, not the mountains yet, but the foothills of the mountains. You know, you only had four or 500 foot drops, that kind of stuff. It's still kind of freaky. Only. And the road's getting worse and worse and worse. And I kept hearing, you know, I got to. <laughs> You're not from think, around here, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got a you pretty do have mouth. a pretty anyway, mouth, so true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do have a pretty mouth. Anyway, so. So we, sight, we, we were about nine or ten miles into this thing, and it was four-wheeling all the way. And we're in Diana's SUV. She's got a Toyota Highlander. And I thought, this is, we've got our decision to make. We saw a sign that said Prescott or Prescott, 20 miles. And we don't know what's there. We don't know what's on top, how would you get down, what the road was like. And it got to be so bad that I was concerned that we were going to slide right off the road or get a flat tire. Big, big boulders. I mean, big and we could not so we decided to turn around and drive 12 miles back it took over an hour about an hour hmm. um, and i was sitting there thinking if we get stuck here or we get a flat tire we don't have any reception and aaa is not coming anyway you know and uh, uh, i i'd have to call aa not aaa but uh, uh, anyway we started driving on the way back we made, we saw one cow and one vehicle if i recall and on the way back, we see a truck, and we stop this truck. And I said, listen, here's what we were trying to do. Uh, what's, what's over there? They said, nothing. <laughs> Goodwin, Goodwin, Goodwin hasn't been in town for decades, they said. There's nothing there. Oh, my. And, and there's That's no- actually kind of cool, though. That would be a more of a draw to me than something being there. I want to go see this ghost yeah, town but, uh, in Goodwin. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an old ghost town. It used to be an old fort thing, I guess. you know. But, uh, but uh, they said... It's a good thing you turned around because you never would have made it. Not that it, because there's snow up there, oh, and the roads are not the roads are not maintained by anybody. They said last year there was a couple doing the same thing that we did. Thought it'd be really kind of go to check out Goodwin, the ghost town that's got a couple foundations of buildings, and uh, they said they got stuck and no one found them for three days. Oh, my. Three days, and I'm thinking. That's all we knew, and we, we didn't have, oh, she might have a small first aid kit. We didn't have any blankets, you know, because it gets colder up there. We had, we had nothing. We didn't, we you might were have had not a, prepared. Can, can you imagine? No, no. Can you imagine the terrible things that were said between that wife and that husband? Yeah, during oh, those three absolutely. days? Oh, And, and boy. who, who yeah. was in charge of the map? A, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a, yeah. <laughs> I could have given him Diana's atlas. The atlas is 2014. Diana says, we got to call AAA and tell them that uh, oh, there is no good one. So pick this damn town off the map, will you? Maybe get was, a map that's not was, 10 years old, but. Dear Mr. Triple A. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it I was it was extremely, <laughs> extremely uncomfortable. And I was thinking, this is not a good situation to be in. No one even knows. One thing, we didn't tell anybody where we're going. Nobody. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were, didn't have to, well, we're just going to take a little road trip. Well, we never made it to Jerome. We made it to the first bar. <laughs> and when we got back into Mayor, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. But I tell you, we got, we got back in Dinah's car. was so full of mud. I literally spent an hour myself washing this thing in the driveway and digging mud from under the wheel. It was just so uh, that was one of the interesting experiences. Oh man, it was. But uh, so uh, don't 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 be be smarter than I am. I was gonna. I'm. Yeah. I guess I. I should apologize that my song triggered that awful memory for you. <laughs> yeah. Here I was hoping it was gonna be a good story about how you just you know well, went out and in this found adventure paradise and, in the middle of in nowhere. middle of nowhere and then you almost died. Nope, it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, and we went to you know so we and we met uh, Diana's brother and sister in law down here. Played a couple of rounds of golf and uh, how many rounds to, uh, are you at? Uh, probably just three. Oh, you know right, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
but I'll tell you what, it's so easy. It, it, there's so much stuff to do down here, obviously, and, and you don't have to be any place at any particular time. But when you go out, you're spending a lot of money. You're, you're going out and spending a lot of money. Round of golf for Diana Me, let's say it's $40 a piece plus a card, 50 bucks. That's 100 bucks right there. Jeez. You do that, three to, do that three times a week, a couple of cocktails, dinner once or twice, you can easily spend $200 a week and not even – I mean, a day. Easy. And, I'd say at and, least 100 a day is my uh, yeah. you know, vacation spending. Yeah, this this year, yeah. you know, we haven't been – we've been pretty fortunate with the mild winter that we – you know, I haven't felt like I had to had to get out of town and go experience some nicer weather. So we've been pretty lucky so far. But you do – you yeah. like to get out and, uh, you know, hit the four-wheelers and, and all that hunting, fishing. We do. You, you just did some uh, sighting, didn't you, on uh, – where, where were you at, Matt? Well, we were trying to. We were planning on going south to start looking at some snowbird stuff. Uh, we got a camper, and we were talking about getting out of here in the winter once in a while. And uh, that trip ended up falling through, so we ended up not going down there. So now we've shifted to just, you know, hoping and praying that spring gets here, so we can start getting to the stuff that we enjoy in the outdoors up here. Um, yeah. Start heading up to, you know, Nevis area and spend a lot of time up there. Cool. I'll tell you what. I've been. Um, um, this is for someone who's my age, seventy-two. I could, I could see this. I mean, there's so much to do down here. And uh, I think each, like this owner has to pay like 500 or $600 a year to belong to the association, and they have access to all the community centers. I've been playing pickleball almost every day, yeah, meeting a lot pickleball. of people. And I'll tell you what, and uh, there are some great, great pickleball players uh, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, – and it's a really good workout, and I'm, I'm learning more about the game, having a lot of fun uh, doing that. Uh, my wife and I went to, uh, it's funny, the old parts. I love the old parts. We went to play bingo one night, and I said, and the lady says, yeah, bingo starts at 6.15, and, uh, um, and we started selling the bingo cards at 4.30. So I, <laughs> the, the, one, of the, one of the community centers is close to me, so I walked or rode a bike. Uh, probably took a walk. It's only three or four blocks, and uh, – at 4.30 to get bingo cards. And I look in, and there's got to be 50 people sitting at tables already with their daubers in hand, drinking their, uh, you know, Geritol uh, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. but uh, And uh, I said, what's going on? What, when's it start? They said, uh, 6.15. That's an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Well, what are they doing? Then? Well, they, a lot of these people like their own special chairs, you know, and their own special table. So <laughs> Special like dauber, special chair. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they got to get... So there's 550 people in this bingo hall, and uh, the odds of winning are like one in 550. But <laughs> so we had a good time, but uh, obviously we didn't win anything there. But uh, we're, we're busy. We're having a good good time. Hey, I'm, um, speaking about now, Matt, you, you you bought yourself a brand new auger, huh? Yes, I did. I have uh, been fighting with my old gasser two stroke for well yeah. since i got it every year and yeah. you know we get out and i argue with it and it drills a couple holes and then it doesn't and so this year was the year i was going to join the ranks of the electric augers and and i picked one up and then it never froze <laughs> and uh so we got so it's your fault. yeah so yeah I, I was pretty disappointed about all that so we did end up going up to uh up to leach um probably about a month ago, maybe three, four weeks ago yeah. or something like that. And yeah. uh, we were staying with some friends that got the, the the castle up there and everything. So we just kind of showed up and everything was set up. And I said, well, I'm, I'm drilling some damn holes with this thing. So I went outside and, and made sure it worked and then put it back on the charger. <laughs> and that's where she's sat <laughs> and, and since. Now it's, now it's back on the shelf for the season. I think we're done already. I think probably. <laughs> I just talked to one of my friends in Chatech, Wisconsin, uh, he did the same thing, and he, was, he bought a brand new auger. Uh, hasn't had, really had an opportunity to use it, but he has used it to dig four holes for brand new trees he's planting here in the spring. So uh, that's got to be so, hard yeah. on that blade. <laughs> work, work like a champ. He said he didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah, because yeah, it got yeah. some work some way or another. I, did you yeah, hear that yeah. uh, that the Ballards had to cancel like the next groups right after us because of the ice was that bad? Like they're seeing open water and all that. I think they're back fishing now, but uh, they had we just made it in time. We got off, uh, but just you know right in time. It's I, I would think you know I, I would I feel bad for all of those industries. Oh, I don't yeah. care if it's snowmobiling, ice fishing, whatever it's going to be. Um, the Birkenbinder. I don't know what's going to happen with that thing, but uh, 
I, I don't think it would have been as much fun this year because there's not a chance these guys can move the houses where they want to move the houses. Right. And so you're, you know, and when you're in a nice house, you're there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like it's the journey, not the destination. You're not guaranteed about catching any fish, but, but you still want to have as much of an opportunity as you possibly can. Yeah. You got to feel bad for those guides as well who are trying to do their best to, to put you on fish, and they were so limited. Yeah. What a mess. The what entire in- industry, mess. man, like it has been hurting. And that's been pretty much two terrible years. It was a different set of circumstances last year, but it wasn't great last year either. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. comes yeah. around again eventually. Hopefully, hopefully yep. next year we'll be in good shape and, and I'll have that battery charged up and ready to go. She'll be ready to cut <laughs> holes like nobody's business. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you come down this way, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get it. We're drove and how you, what route we're going to take to get home. Because on the way here, it's, you know, we stayed in a hotel a couple of nights. We had a great time and took our time. And my wife and I got along famously. But we get about a uh, half an hour south of Phoenix. And unfortunately, the day we came, it was a weekday. And it's about 2.45, 3 o'clock. Getting through Phoenix to Sun City, which is about a half, 45 minutes northwest of Phoenix, was absolutely chaos. And I can't <laughs> picture people... I can't picture people doing this every, every day. day of their lives. Yeah. You just can't. I just, and it was as badly as I'm trying to describe it, it's even worse than that. So I'm looking at different routes and I'm looking up through Flagstaff and people say I'm getting 50 50, you know, reports. You know, Flagstaff is a little shorter route. It's a nice route. But if they get snow, you're, you're, you're there for two, three days because they have one road in and one road out. If there's a car accident, you're screwed. And, and I don't know if I want to go through that either. I think Sounds I'd rather like it's take a gamble either way. Oh, man. I think we might tell Diana we're getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning when we head out of here. <laughs> oh, That's the and, way to do uh, it. You can sleep, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going through that cat crap again. Well, I'm talking with my dad absolute. about uh, going to watch the, the full eclipse that's going to be happening in early April, like April 8th. And uh, yeah. I think that's going to be our plan, too, is like driving in the middle of the night afterwards because that's going to be another one where there's going to be a lot of traffic just for that yeah. little deal. Yeah, our family got a trip planned to go down to Texas to uh, experience that this year. They got uh, cool. camping spots lined up and everything, and unfortunately we weren't able to go with the PTO and stuff like that, so we, we ain't going down to it. But um, hopefully they got good weather for it because it sounds like it's going to be pretty wild. Yeah, as long as, the, yeah. again, yeah. you're at yeah. the mercy of the weather for that one. But uh, no, that should be cool. But that's I, I thought of my dad and like those trips because I know the last time you were on an adventure, Strew, you did. You crossed paths with my dad. Basically, you guys were both in like the same area, which is pretty funny. Right. So I'm wondering. I'm like, what? Did, my dad's probably in Arizona right now, and I just don't even know. Yeah, my wife and I were taking that uh, the bus and train ride through uh, Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon. That's where your old man was the yep. same time I was there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm hoping to get to go to a baseball game this uh, year. I've never seen spring training baseball, and uh, but there's some college baseball going on right now, preparing for the World Series. So there's like the elimination games in mm-hmm. Sunrise, which is not too far away. So I'm looking. It's beautiful. I, I want to sit in a small ballpark with a cold beer and just watch baseball. I just I'm I'm so ready for it. That's a goal. I'm pretty sure you can achieve. You can make that happen. I'm gonna give it a shot. Do I'm it. Give it a shot. So, so any more any more vehicles or anything going through the ice? Are the ice houses off right now? I've seen some pictures and some videos of uh, there was one floating on a, I want to say Prior Lake maybe, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, they they were they've been disappearing for a while. That's that drive home from uh, Baudette was neat because every body of water that you would see, the closer you got to the cities, just had less and less houses on them until they were empty. Yeah, and there's still. Yeah. Plenty of portables and four-wheelers going out by where I live right now and everything, but I, I bet that's all we're going to see now. Yep. Keep hey, we've got a hell of a show tonight. Um, Matt, if you want to stick around and BS with us the entire show, you're more than welcome because we've got a good show, and a lot of it involves the outdoors that you will relate to. But we've got uh, um, a surprise couple of guests from uh, Capable Partners. It's an organization that helps handicapped people go out and hunt who never would have had the opportunity with folks like them. We've had them on before, but they've got a big banquet coming up. So, uh, 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 Brian, uh, 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 Bruce or Brian's, I think it's Bruce is going to be on. No, it's Brian. I Brian Schreiber is going to be on. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, maybe Evan, his buddy Evan Newton's going to be with him. And then after that, we've got uh, uh, Jared Wickland. He's with the Pheasant, uh, Pheasants Forever. He's the public relations manager for Pheasants Forever. So we've got a full show, and we're going to learn, learn a lot and laugh a lot on the four outdoorsmen. So, Matt, you want to stick around? Feel free to do so. 
Thank you very much. I think I'll take you up on that. Hopefully learn something from you. Well, you'll laugh. Yeah, but, a laugh uh, for you sure. No promises yeah. on the learning anything, but. Yeah, you won't learn anything from me, pal. No, nothing from me. So, yeah. Let's... All right. I'll right, be right back with uh, Brian Schreiber of Capable Partners. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen, part of Bob Outdoors. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com are you thinking about getting a permit to carry firearm in Minnesota or need a renew on your old permit? Now's the time and Minnesota Firearms Training is the place. In-person classes for $99 and online classes for $89. Walk-ins welcome. Add a Florida multi-state permit if you wish. Shoot on-site at the new state-of-the-art gun range and browse the huge selection of firearms. They buy guns too. Visit the shop where Highway 10 meets 169 in Anoka. Minnesota Firearms Training or mnfirearms.com. Devil's Lake in North Dakota is much more than just fishing and hunting. It's a family vacation with something for everyone all year round. We all know about walleye season being open all year long with five a day and ten in possession. But don't forget about Devil's Run in late May, the hottest car show and rod race around, or the Devil's Lake Chamber Fishing Tourney in June, or the extremely popular Rib Fest in July. Come for the walleye, stay for everything else. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. It's our favorite show of the year, Georgia's Minnesota Muskie Expo, March 8th, 9th, and 10th at the Warner Coliseum at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Seminars by the biggest names in muskie fishing. Shop for gear, check out resorts, and talk with muskie guides. Be sure to bring the kids to fish the trout pond and make their own muskie lures. Georgia's Minnesota Muskie Expo, March 8th through the 10th at the Warner Coliseum. Admission $10 and kids under 12 are free. mn-muskieexpo.com Don't miss the 2024 Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic presented by select Heartland Chevy dealers at Canterbury Park in Shakopee March 8th, 9th, and 10th. This year's Classic features top hunting celebrities like Pat Nicole Reeve of Driven TV, Melissa Bachman of Winchester Deadly Passion TV, and legendary bow hunter Barry Wenzel. Get your antlers scored, view more than 300 antler entries, and see the latest hunting products, plus a great lineup of lodges and outfitters. Learn more about the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic March 8th, 9th, and 10th at Canterbury Park in Shakopee at mndeerclassic.com. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. Minimum purchase required. Interest accrues from date of purchase but is waived if paid within promotional period. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for full offer details. Attention all homeowners. Do you know when to replace your windows? Feeling too hot or cold? Fog between the glass? Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window? It's definitely time to replace. If you've put off replacing windows in your home because it's too expensive, here's great news. You can now get a free in-home window consultation and free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. And right now you could buy one window or door and get one 40% off. Just text MAKE to 200-300 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down, zero payments, and zero interest for a year. That's right. You don't pay a dime for an entire year. Plus, buy one window or door and get one 40% off. And right now, save an extra $200 off your entire purchase. Text MAKE to 200-300 right now. Text MAKE to 200-300. Don't wait. Text the word MAKE to 200-300. Text MAKE to 200 300. Total Country Bob FM. Me? Now? I don't hear any music. All right. Now I hear music. 
Hey, welcome back to the Four Outdoors, and everybody, Stu Man here. I got to do a shout out to my buddy Mark. I forgot about it. Mark Lukey is under the weather tonight, and uh, I'm doing this from Sun City, Arizona, having some fun. But I miss my buddy Mark. Uh, I don't think in the ten years that Mark and I have been doing this show, this is our tenth year right now. I don't think I've ever not seen Mark for thirty days, and that's what's happening this time. So I'm pulling for you, buddy. Get butter, and we'll get you on this on the show again. Next week. Uh, I'm guessing we have a guest, and I'm guessing his name is uh, Brian Schaefer of Capable Partners. Am I right? We do have a guest, but before we get to that guest, I got a little business oh, yeah. to uh, take care of. It's giveaway That's time. Right. I got a pair of tickets to the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. It's happening March 8th through the 10th at Canterbury Park. Uh, these are physical tickets that you can pick up here at the studio, or we can mail them out to you as well. I'm going to take caller number four at 763-450-0100. That is caller number four, 763-450-0100. That's it for my part. I'm going to watch the phones. Brian, you are on with Strew. Hey, Brian. Hey, how good are you evening. doing, buddy? Good evening, Strew. Doing how great. Doing? How are you? I also have Bruce Schreiber with us, the Schreiber twins. The, you know what? It's... Um, I, you might have looked like twins when you were kids. You don't look like twins now. Well, we're grown men now, Strew. I don't know what happened. Time hasn't been <laughs> time hasn't been kind to me. Okay. Yeah, one of you has taken care of yourselves, right? That's about. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Thanks for being on the show, both you guys. And uh, uh, I know you've got something special going on. You're one of our one of my favorite guests because we've met personally and all that, and I've spent some time with you guys. Talk about capable partners. You guys have a big banquet coming up. What can people expect? Where is it going to be? Uh, what are the dates? Give us all the inf- information about capable partners. You bet. Uh, first of all, I'll have Bruce just share kind of uh, what the capable partners' mission is. You bet. Yay. Good evening, Drew, and everybody out Hi, there. Hi, Bruce. How are um, you doing? The capable you partners, bet. Uh, I'm doing great. Capable partners' mission and purpose is to provide opportunities for personal growth and independence for physically challenged persons and able-bodied partners through participation in fishing, hunting, and related outdoor activities. And we have a great time doing it, and, and it's such a such a fulfilling um, opportunity. But, Brian, you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the banquet on March 2nd? Yeah, fantastic. We have our annual fundraiser dinner banquet coming up on Saturday, March the 2nd. Um, this is an event where you have to pre-purchase tickets. So if you're interested in pre-purchasing tickets and joining us for our fundraising event, we'll have gun raffles and we'll have a 50-50 cash raffle. We'll have all kinds of silent auction items and an opportunity to donate to a fantastic cause, getting uh, people who otherwise might not be able to get outdoors, outdoors to hunt and fish. Um, that's happening on March the 2nd. It's at... Um, Banquets of Minnesota. But again, you do need to pre-register, so you could do that at www.capablepartners.org, or you could give me a call, and I'll help you out at 612-670-1912. All right, listen to this now. This is, we're talking with, with uh, uh, Bruce and Brian of Capable Partners. Uh, guys, my buddy Mark Lukey is sick today, so you got me talking from Arizona. But Matt Gronke, who was just on the Homegrown Show, is on the line there. He may be chiming in to ask a question or two as well. One of the things you guys just did, I'm, I'm thrilled to be involved in your lives. If you, if, if that might be a little honky, but, but to get to know you guys and what you guys have done, not you men and women, um, for a lot of people who do need some help to get to the outdoors is really, really, really amazing. There's a lot of great organizations out there. Capable Partners happens to be one of them. Talk a little bit about what happened this winter up at the resort called Veterans on the Lake in Ely, Minnesota. How did that come about, yeah. and what what happened yeah. up there? Yeah, fantastic. In fact, um, Strew was the uh, was an integral piece in us meeting Andy up at Veterans on the Lake in Ely, Minnesota. We took mm-hmm. a group of about thirty up there and fished for two days straight, and stayed in their accommodations for three nights. And we had a fantastic time on the water. Um, had a fish fry together as a group. Had biggest fish contest, things like that. But these are people, some of them, who don't get to fish otherwise, right? So they've got wheelchair accessible 
amenities there at Veterans on the Lake, and they've also got uh, fantastic pon- pontoon boats that we were able to use. We we uh, called in on some of our buddies and got a bunch of captains together to captain these various um, pontoons, and we had a great time. So every every boat that, of course, or a pontoon that goes out has a capable partner. That's the name of the organization. Where do yeah. these people, how many people are involved in capable partners? How did this organization start? Yeah, about now, I'm not in it from the beginning. Um, we joined because we have a dear friend who, who struggles and fights MS, and he needed some opportunities to get outdoors and hunt and fish, and that's how we got involved. And so Bruce and I are just volunteers. But many years ago, there was a gentleman, my understanding is, that um, um, had some kind of a physical difficulty in his life and then decided to start a group that would help get people outdoors. And, and it's been going strong for, I think, 35-plus years. We've got about 300 members here in the Twin Cities area and and outside the North Metro across the state. Um, but we do duck hunting, you know, waterfowl, pheasant hunting, turkey hunting, deer hunting, all kinds of fishing, open water and ice fishing. Of course, um, <clears throat> deer hunting, arch- archery, as well as shotgun and muzzleloader. Um, pretty much if someone wants to do something with our organization, we'll figure out a way to get them out to us to do it. I, I took a, um, a sight-impaired guy um, that's been blind since he was 17 years old. This, this gentleman's 60 years old. He wanted to go into the Boundary Waters, and I took him into the Boundary Waters last year to go fishing. So, you know, if there's something that somebody wants to do and we can help them out, we're going to do it. That sounds amazing. I- to have that opportunity to get everybody up there for for doing this this is matt by the way so for doing this for the last 30 some years with your with your group and helping all those people and we know you've got this event coming up here shortly are how how else is this whole project funded is there is there just straight donations available is it through grants is there is there opportunities for other people to help with an organization like this hey mark thanks for asking you bet there is Uh, all that uh, you can find us at www.capopartners.org. And, yes, we certainly will receive any kind of donation someone's willing to give. Uh, between now and the event on March 2nd, we would be looking for uh, brand-new fishing or hunting equipment or uh, gift cards or things that we can put on our silent auction. But beyond that, straight cash donations, we can take those, too. We're a 501c3. Um, all of it goes back to, to serving our membership community and growing our membership base and the opportunities for others. Um, we do have some corporate sponsors. Mountain Dew had um, some type of um, a, a give in the last three years, and they helped us purchase uh, an Ice Castle fish house that we use. Um, so, yeah, wow. we've, we've had a That's lot of great. generous, generous do- donors along the way, um, and I, I don't know all the names of them, so I apologize to those, those people, but... Um, we certainly have had some, some great people help us out over the years, and we continue to do so. Hey, we're talking with Bruce Schreiber and his buddy Brian, twins from, I don't know, where are you from? Where are you, where are you from originally? You live at, you well, you know, Brian's you're in St. Paul, Bruce that. is in Minneapolis. We're, we're on both sides of the river. We're, we are the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, I tell you what, um, I met these guys. I met uh, Brian or Bruce at, 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 I forget now which one it was, at the Minnesota Twins game four or five years ago when I was working there and I saw a guy in a camouflage outfield outfit uh, taking a leak in the, in the restroom there and I started a conversation, you know, like, like normal people do. And uh, uh, so it's been, it's been fun to get to know you. But a couple of years back, before I had my knee replacement, maybe three years now, we were at the school and the Transfiguration. Um, yeah, Transfiguration Catholic School. school. Yep. Yeah. And we went and played some pickleball. We were trying to learn how to play pickleball, and it wasn't pretty, but it was fun. I'm here in Arizona right now, and I'm playing pickleball almost every day, and I'm, I'm kind of hooked. There's some, it's just a fun, fun game, and you can be as active as you want. So thanks to you guys, you kind of got me interested in pickleball. Hey, let's get back to <laughs> the capable, capable partners. You know, you said there was about 30 people who came with you, people who – are handicapped in, in one way or another up to veterans on the lake. How do you determine who's going to go with you and where? There has to be hundreds of people who want to be involved as far as participants, not necessarily yeah. uh, supporters. How do you choose 30? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. in our membership community, 
that particular trip is considered to be a once in a lifetime trip. And so if you've gone yeah. it on, on it in the past, then you can attend it in future years. Um, but we do a, we do a drawing uh, as part of our annual fundraiser. We'll have our membership group sign up for a drawing for these special trips. And so we do a, a drawing, then we usually draw two or three alternates just in case something changes with the schedules or the health of any of our members. But, yeah, the, the trips are very popular. We, we have a sandhill crane hunt that we do. Um, that's kind of the same way. Um, so some of our special trips, we, we do drawings for them for our membership. And then um, we just get people out there as best we can. And the Veterans on the Lake one is a great one because they can, they can lodge a lot of people up there. In fact, we have another trip yeah. scheduled already uh, for the end of May, early June. So we've, we've got a spring trip scheduled up to uh, Veterans on the Lake in Ely coming up again real soon. That sounds like a really good well, that, thing you guys got going yeah. on there. So uh, either one of you guys can ask, answer this for me. There, I'm, I'm sure with the amount of people that you're taking out and doing these things with, there, there's got to be some just amazing stories that come out of these trips. Is, is there one that stands out that you'd like to share just to kind of give us an idea of, of what kind of stuff is getting experienced out there? Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy. This is Brian again. Thanks, um, Brian. I'm pretty talkative, but <laughs> we've, we've, got a, uh, we've got a pontoon and an ice castle at a resort um, up on the east side of Lake Malak. And this fall, one of our members reached out to me and asked, could I take him and his wife out on Lake Mille Lacs and, and do some fishing? So we're smallmouth bass and walleye fishing. And I, I knew this gentleman, his name is Pat, and his lovely wife, Ruth. And um, he had reached out and asked, could I get him out on the water? And I said, yeah, most certainly. Um, so I met him up there, took him out fishing. Pat's been in a wheelchair since birth, and he was now, I think, almost 60 years old. Um, but that particular trip was in October, I guess it was October, late September. Anyway, uh, we, we caught some fish. We had a good time. Um, but as it turned out, that was, that was Pat's last fishing trip, right? And, and he passed of cancer within three weeks of that trip. And his wife wow. reached out to me and, and wow. said, Brian, I can't thank you enough for being a part of one of the last positive outdoor experiences that Pat ever had, right? And Pat, Pat was one of our past presidents, so he's been a president of our organization, too. Um, so we've got, a, you know, our, our, our leadership committee within our organization is all run by our members who are voted into their positions. So we've got a treasurer, a president, vice president, uh, um, and, a, and a board. Mm-hmm. And it's all mostly driven by leadership opportunities for our membership organization. And that's great, too. Then they, they've got skin in the game, and they can help us plan trips, and they can help uh, guide the direction that we're headed and, and how we can best serve our community. So that, that part's really great. That really is a well, good I'll story. Well, I tell you what, you know, it really is a good story. I've, it's it's got to be so emotional sometimes, and, and you're not making a bunch of money on this, but you, you're making people feel good. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have met you and, and learned about capable partners. So we've got to wrap this up right now. So, again, the banquet is March 1st and uh, 2nd, I believe. Where is it going to be? Just March second, Saturday, March second. Where are going to be? Banquets of, Banquets of Minnesota. You do have to pre-register, so go to www.capablepartners.org or give me a call at six one two six seven zero nineteen twelve if you're interested in registering or if you want to make a donation to our organization. I'd be happy to help you out. Well, I tell you what. Thanks, thanks to uh, the Brian and Bruce Shriver here and. Um, anybody else who's involved in helping this organization help other people. And if you, don't, if you can't donate to this organization, make sure you're helping somehow, in some way, yeah. somewhere. So uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Capable Partners, Brian and Bruce, thanks for being on the Four sure. Outdoorsman. Thanks, you I'll guys. call you when I get back. I'll call you when I get, get back in town. We'll get together, all right? Thanks, guys. Sounds great. And can right, I good luck. Plug, quick, quick, quick plug. If there's anyone out there who has someone who needs help getting outdoors, you know, we would love to get in touch with them. You know, if, if they want to get involved in our organization, come to one of our events, by all means, uh, please send them our way. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much, and, guys. And be, yeah, and being, being, a, being a left-handed pole, being a left-handed pole is not a handicap, so I'm screwed, but, uh, but uh, I'd love to jump with you. So take care of yourself, gentlemen. We got to take a break. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. I'm going to be right back with uh, Jared Whitland of Pheasant Forever.
Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Are you thinking about getting a permit to carry firearm in Minnesota or need a renew on your old permit? Now's the time and Minnesota Firearms Training is the place. In-person classes for $99 and online classes for $89. Walk-ins welcome. Add a Florida multi-state permit if you wish. Shoot on-site at the new state-of-the-art gun range and browse the huge selection of firearms. They buy guns too. Visit the shop where Highway 10 meets 169 in Anoka. Minnesota Firearms Training or mnfirearms.com. Devil's Lake in North Dakota is much more than just fishing and hunting. It's a family vacation with something for everyone all year round. We all know about walleye season being open all year long with five a day and ten in possession. But don't forget about Devil's Run in late May, the hottest car show and rod race around, or the Devil's Lake Chamber Fishing Tourney in June, or the extremely popular Rib Fest in July. Come for the walleye, stay for everything else. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Boat show season is here. The best place to look for a new boat this year is the Minnesota Anglers Boat Show, March 8th, 9th, and 10th, in conjunction with the George's Minnesota Muskie Expo in the Warner Coliseum at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Seminars on boats, rigging with electronics, as well as retailers competing with the lowest electronics and boat accessory prices anywhere. March 8th through 10th at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Tickets only $10 and children under 12 are free. mn-muskieexpo.com. All right, we're back. Thanks for everybody listening to uh, the Four Outdoorsman. And uh, thanks for Brian and Bruce Shriver of Capable Partners for being part of the team. Great organization. Support them if you possibly can. And here's another organization you might want to support. It's called Pheasants Forever. Jared Wickland who is the public relations manager of Pheasants Forever. Hey, thanks for being on the show again, Jared. Hey, it's true, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, how you been, buddy? I haven't talked to you for quite some time. You know, I've been, I've been real good. Um, it's been a, been a wonderful, wonderful winter. Maybe not if you're, in, if, you're not, if you're an ice fisherman, maybe not. But, yeah. um, you know, right. I've still gotten on the ice a few times. Um, coming off of a great pheasant season uh weather is great i think for most wildlife right now everything's sort of sort of fat and happy with the way the the winter is gone and we've got uh pheasant fest coming up here the weekend after next and uh yeah it's a busy busy time but lots of lots of great things to be thankful for this this year you know uh matt um matt Gronke is is sitting in for mark lukey uh matt was uh he's a musician local a local local musician, and he's uh, was on the homegrown show earlier tonight. So I said, stick around because he loves to hunt and fish. Hey, Jared, says everybody knows who Pheasants Forever is. Um, how did you get involved in Pheasants Forever? Because you've been in the outdoor, you love the outdoors your entire life. But how did you get involved in Pheasants Forever? Yeah, I, you know my. My path was a little bit different, I think. I actually came in as an intern um, just after college, and I've been here for almost 15 years now. But I think the path that most people take is they become local volunteers. So we've got um, nearly 800 local chapters throughout the United States. Um, We've got 75 local chapters right here in Minnesota. Um, And, you know, those local chapters, the the nice thing about Pheasants Forever is is our model set up where – Chapters get to keep 100% of the proceeds that they raise and use those for wildlife habitat conservation projects in their communities. And I, I find that 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 power, that that local um, that local power over your funds, is a big draw for people. And it should be, um, you know, land acquisition projects going on. Um, you know, working uh, working with partners like the DNR or the county or somebody to go out and do cool projects. Um, working with uh, working with school districts locally to put in pollinator plots for kids to 
be able to stretch their legs outside and 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 go learn about uh go learn about the great outdoors so yeah there's a lot of a lot of great reasons why people get involved in pheasants forever but that local model i think is a big part of it you know it's uh i was on your site here earlier today and and you and i talked about this maybe yesterday maybe i don't know what maybe we're just texting back and forth but i want you to talk about any new or ongoing habitat projects that you've got in the works and talk about what a successful 2023 you guys have had uh, at, by, with acquiring public pro- property. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, 2023 was a wonderful year for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Um, for the first time ever, uh, the organizations combined uh, for 2.5 million acres of wildlife habitat improvements in 2023, um, which is a big deal for us. And uh, it's it's because of local chapters. Um, it's because of uh, local partners, um, you know, people like state agencies, um, United States Department of Agriculture, you know, NRCS, FSA, um, all those types of groups sort of coming together and supporting what we do. So right now, Business Forever and Quill Forever have uh, the largest contingent of biologists on the landscape in the United States, second to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, and wow. we we continue, we continue to grow. I'm not sure uh, if we're going to be able to pass them or not, but uh, any way you look at it, it's just a, it's a large force working for conservation. So yeah, 2.5 million acres um, last year. Um, we didn't do as many land acquisitions last year as we wanted, but right now, kind of going into 2024, um, you know, I was sitting around a table a few weeks ago. We talked about, you know, what, what kind of projects do we have in the pipeline right now? And we've got, right. we've got 80, 82 different projects encompassing over 16,000 acres, um, in 16 different states right now that we're working on that are going to become public, public property for people to go out and enjoy. So lots of, uh, lots of wonderful things, uh, restoration enhancement going on on public lands, um, chapters doing wonderful work at the adopt the wildlife areas. Um, just lots of things going on across the pheasant, quail, uh, and the prairie grouse ranges as well. From from behind the scenes on on these things, you know, you, you've got a lot of different projects going on with a lot of different land acquisitions and a lot of different things happening. What, what's a typical timeline to see something like this and something of that scale to come to fruition for you guys? You know, it, it's a lot longer than people think. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of our bigger projects, especially the ones that encompass a couple hundred acres or more, uh, a lot of those are a lot of those are years in the making. It's not something that happens quickly. Um, you know, whether it's involved with a involved with a grant uh, or maybe it's a family that wants to leave a a conservation legacy on the landscape. Um, a lot of these different projects take uh, a couple couple years at a time but the beauty of pheasants forever is in that local model is that we can move very fast so there are land acquisitions that that can happen lickety split and close before the end of the year we saw a few of those this year but for the most part you know um when we acquire a property um once once the ownership comes over to pheasants forever um that's where we we go to work making any upgrades that that need to be done and then we uh donate or convey that property um, to, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service as a waterfall production area or a, a state agency as a wildlife uh, management area. Um, and, you know, those are the types of projects I think that people really enjoy as being a Dozens Forever and Quill Forever member, something that they can go out and hunt. Yeah, get out there and, and get into the property and, and get, get your hands dirty a little bit, getting it ready. Yep, yep, yep. It's, uh, it's We're a, talking it's with a long them. process. We're talking me. with so. I'm talking with Jared Wickland, of course, with Pheasant Forever and Quail Forever, I think is what it's called. I don't know. But uh, uh, you have like, there's like 400,000 members, I think, nationwide. I don't know how many chapters there are. But who determines how the funds are spent if, with all these small different chapters? Is that done locally or does someone nationally have to help them make those decisions where this money spends the funds that are raised? Yeah, um, you know, 420,000 members, supporters, donors, those types of things. Um, you know, for the most part, our local chapters decide where they want the funds to go. Um, they spend them on their own local projects, obviously. Um, but our job as an organization uh, is to help come up with programs and initiatives that can really put really put habitat on the landscape. That could be anything from our Build a Wildlife Area program that we solicit chapters for. It could be um, we've got chapters, you know, South Dakota is a big one right now. We're working on a new a new access program 
program called PATH, Public Access to Habitat, where we're, we're adding money in as an incentive for landowners. And a lot of that's coming from chapters, um, you know, adding an incentive for landowners to sign up for uh, walk-in walk in access so that the, the it's, pri- you know, private land that's open to hunters like you and me. So um, I think it's a little bit of both. Our chapters do a wonderful job spending their funds, and we also provide them with outlets that we know uh, are proven successful models uh, for putting habitat on the landscape. Jared, what was... abs- go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Matt. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask. So, you know, you've got a lot of moving parts and a lot of volunteers in, in, in this organization doing a lot of different things. What's the biggest challenge that you guys run into right now with, with the current, you know, state of the, the industry for lack of a better term? Um, I would say, so one, one obviously is hunter recruitment. I think you hear that across the board. Um, you know, we're, we're as, as much as we gain people and we're doing, we've got wonderful programs and initiatives to put new hunters, conservationists on the landscape. We're losing a lot of them right now as well. You look at, um, baby boomers, for instance, um, some of them, um, you know, are, are, uh, aging, I would say aging out of, um, some of the recreational opportunities that we have. Um, I would say that's one. Another one, too, is uh, I, th- I think the demands on landscapes across the United States, uh, specifically as we're talking about upland landscapes, um, it's, a, it's a really big number. But since the early 2000s, we've lost 50 million acres. And we're, doing, we're, we're trying like hell every year to put as many acres that we can back on the landscape. But that's a big number. So um, we're working off of a, <laughs> yeah, we've, got a strategic, we've got a new strategic plan coming right now. Um, that, that basically um, concentrates our efforts uh, on the biggest and best things to make more birds. Um, we, know, we know right now that we, we need to do more. Um, we're doing some great efforts, but it's not necessarily enough with the amount of um, you know, land use pressures that are out there. So we're working really hard right now uh, to come up with the, the best programs and initiatives on the landscapes um, and point our chapters in the right direction too, to make sure that we're making the biggest impact possible. To we want, our job is to produce more birds. We want to produce more birds for right. people to go out and enjoy, and and with that byproducts, you know, our great water quality, mm-hmm. more people on, uh, more people on the landscape, more hunters, more public areas for people to go enjoy. Because there's a there's a lot of pressure on public lands too. We all yeah. know it. Yeah, make the make the experience better, and that'll help bring in more of the more more new hunters to the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, Jared, Jared, you were talking about making, uh, make, just make sure we get more birds and all that. If it, it, it just makes sense, obviously. So is this winter good for us or bad for us as far as pheasant hunters? Uh, this is, this is all you could, this is all you could ask for, uh, as a pheasant hunter, as far as winter mortality goes for pheasants, I would say it's pretty much non-existent this year. We've had, you know, Iowa, Nebraska have they've had more snow than we've had here in Minnesota. They they right. did have a couple big right. storms, but most most of that is melted now. So I say from like a winter severity index standpoint, you know, this time last year or even going back to right after Christmas, um, you could drive out to western Minnesota to the South Dakota border and beyond and you could see a thousand pheasants because they're 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 sta- they're standing around due to the amount of snow that we had, um, just looking for the yeah. best places to go out and try to scratch scratch out a living this year it's not the case uh pheasants are pheasants are living the pheasant lifestyle right now um they're spread out because they don't necessarily have to be in the thickest winter cover possible um you know it was 40 degrees and sunny uh today here in here in the twin cities and and that's uh that's easy living for a pheasant they don't have to live off their fat reserves they can just live off what they're what they're eating on the landscape so yes they're in very very good position that's exciting. You know, going through your uh, your website again today, I, I check it out all the time, and, and it's a lot of fun. But I was surprised that the average lifespan of a, a ringneck pheasant is maybe a year. I, I was surprised at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the pheasant, along with any other upland bird on the landscape, from the time they're hatched, you know, about two inches tall, or maybe you're a quail, you're the size of a bumblebee when you, when you come, out of the, come out of the eggshell, everything is yeah. trying to eat you. Um, and that could be, that's, yeah, I mean, that could be the, uh, egg, egg predators, predators of every type. Um, you know, a mower, we could call that a predator too. They, they require undisturbed, 
uh, nesting habitat and brooder and cover. Um, mowers take a lot of a lot of chicks every year. So yeah, they um, eighty about eighty to eighty five percent of the roosters that are harvested every fall were hatched that spring, and that's why spring is just such such an important factor. And it's one of the factors last year coming off of our horrible winter last year. We had one of the best springs we've had in some time and numbers yeah. rebound. I mean, you saw a hundred percent increases in some of those areas in Western Minnesota, which is, which is pretty unreal considering the weather we had. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the nation's largest upland trade show and convention. That's uh pheasant fest March 1st through the third. I think it's in Sioux Falls. Am I correct? It is. Yep. We're headed back to Sioux Falls this year. Yeah, what can people expect, boy? It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff happening. There is. Um, we've got a few tickets left if you're coming in ahead of time for National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. Uh, Thursday night before the show starts, we've got a concert for conservation with the band Trampled by Turtles, uh, Minnesota-based band. And uh, we've got about 100 tickets out of 2,000 left for that. Um, it's going to be a fun event with all the proceeds coming back to Pheasants Forever. Um, you know, starting on Friday, we've got the bird dog parade, which is always a huge hit for people. Um, right now we've yeah. got 41 breeds and 128 dogs signed up for that. That'll be parading through the convention center to kick things off. And we've got, got, got a lot of, a lot of fan favorites back and, and along with some new things too. So we've got the public land stage this year is going to be talking about all these new access programs uh, that we're going to be coming out with here uh, between Pheasants Forever and our partners. Um, we've got the bird dog stage, obviously. You've got, you know, uh, 125 years of solid knowledge on there from some of the best bird dog trainers in the business. Uh, the habitat stage, if you want to learn about um, making, the, making the best use of habitat on your property. The landowner help desk, if you want a personalized conservation plan. Lots of wonderful things uh, for kids to do uh, all the way up through grandpa and grandma. So it's a, it's a family-friendly event, and we're really excited to be back in Sioux Falls in the pheasant capital. You know, I'll tell you what it should be. I'll tell you, we talked about trampled by turtles. Um, if, you, if you don't know who they are, check them out. They're, they're local. They're in Minnesota. They've been around for 40 years. I don't know, a long, long time. Great band. There's a song that, there's a song that they have called A Lifetime to Find. A lifetime to find. Yep. Check it out. Look it up. Listen to it. It's wonderful. Hey, I want to talk about. Uh, uh, you, you, you posted something on Facebook recently when you were deer hunting. Was that this year or last year? And you had a visitor that surprised you. What year was that? Was that recently? Yeah, that was. Um, so I had I had a video in the fall. Uh, the first snow, the only snowfall I think we've gotten in north northwest wisconsin uh this year yeah. um but that was back in october yeah i was doing some deer hunting with my father up at our cabin and um hit a hit a deer call and uh called in a called in a pretty really pretty timber wolf um it was a wow. it was a pretty unique experience you don't often see them that close and then um you know uh last last week the last week uh week before last i think it was february 8th um i was going through pictures of my my cell camera that I have at the place and got another, uh, single, single wolf on camera. I just find them so regal. I, did you enjoy the picture? I thought it was a, I thought oh, it was a great picture. Absolutely. Jared. It's one of those, honestly, God, it's one of those that should, that should be framed and put on the wall. It's, it's a beautiful oh, I'm, photograph. I'm planning it's on really it. I got the cool. high res downloaded. <laughs> did, did that one just kind of come crashing in on you or, or was it sneaky and all of a sudden there it was? Um, yeah, I didn't, I, if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have heard it. Um, it came, <laughs> it came through the brush up a four wheel trail and then sort of cut. And then it's funny how, you know, uh, animals, whether it's, uh, birds, you know, turkeys, wolves, whatever it might be, can just triangulate your location based on sound. I mean, I knew right where I was and yeah. then hit, hit my, hit my scent trail and looked right at me and then turned around and, and walked the That's other way. Great but, That's story, a great story. Great story. Yeah. Hey, cool, Jared, Jared, we cool got to let animal. you go. I'll tell you, we got to let you uh, we got to let you go because uh, Real Talk Outdoors is coming on at 7. And uh, I'm, I'm all screwed up with time because I'm in Arizona right now. But, but the, uh, the uh, Pheasant Fest is as March 1st through the 3rd, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, you just thanks for being part of the, the, that group. And thanks for all the stuff you do for all of us who love the outdoors. Jared Wickland, thanks for thanks, being on the Jared. show, my friend. Take care thanks, of yourself. Thanks, Jared. Take care. All right. We got to wrap up, you bud. Thanks again to Jared. Thanks to uh, Bruce and Brian from Capable Partners. Thanks to 
uh, Matt Gronke from joining me, and, and he, he's the new Mark Lukey for the day. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Drew. You're not getting paid, though. Yeah, you're not getting paid. I, <laughs> Story of my life. Paid. That's all. <laughs> thanks, Drew. Take care, everybody. I tell you what. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, have a great, safe week. Enjoy the sunshine. In the meantime, uh, my buddy's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. You got it.